we are living in a different world. And a lot of that is attributed to the social media aspect of, I see your life and I think your life is perfect because I'm just seeing the highlight reel on Instagram. So we want to fight against that and say, life is dirty, life is messy, but that's okay. It can be enjoyed like that, right? It's the ups and downs of life that's beautiful. Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast from Azuma that shares motivational stories from small business owners. I'm Greg. And I'm Ben. And we're your hosts for this episode. Today, we're talking with Bennett, the owner of Dirty Dough, a company that specializes in one-of-a-kind dirty cookies. Bennett, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. So Bennett, we're going to get into your story in just a minute, but first you have to define what you mean by dirty cookies, because I'm looking at a picture right now and they look delicious and messy and just honestly, they look really good. Dirty dough means more mix-ins, more fillings, multi-layered cookies. You know, we do two-layer cookies, three-layer cookies. So an example of a three-layer cookies is a peanut butter dough on the outside. But when you break it open, you see chocolate dough. And in the very center, you see hot fudge. Three different layers all built into one cookie. Wow. Sounds amazing. Yeah, they look great. Tell us a little bit more about you. Did you always know you'd be making delicious cookies for a living? Or is this something you stumbled on later in life? Definitely stumbled on. I'm no baker. I still don't know how to make my own cookies. But Dirty Dough started in November of 18 as a delivery only cookie company out of an ASU apartment, a guy that I went to high school with. So I grew up in Orm, Utah. And this guy posted, Tyler, and he's like, hey, I'm looking for investment money to go from my apartment to an actual retail storefront. So I invested sometime in 2019. It opened up in March of 2020. Our grand opening was closed because of COVID. But despite that, it was still doing pretty good. So I wanted to franchise it. So I ended up kind of blindly purchasing. And I mean, not blindly. I I saw the model. I thought, man, I can improve XYZ. And if I improve XYZ, I think I could not only make this really profitable, but really scalable. And then if it's really scalable, you know, how many jobs can we provide if we can go open up a thousand of these stores, right? In the franchise model. So January of 2021 is when I purchased it. Kind of doing it part-time for the first few months. Then I sold my solar company in June of 2021. And that's when I dove full-time into Dirty Dough. We rebuilt everything. Other than the name, everything's different. The recipes, the packaging, the branding, the colors, the layout, every aspect of the business is different. And we switched to a a centralized production model. So all of the cookies are pre-produced before they get to the franchisees. And then all the franchises have to do is pop them in the oven. Very hard to mess it up. And we wanted to make it dummy proof because our secondary goal with Dirty Dough is to lower the barrier of entry to entrepreneurship. So it had to be as simple as possible, as cost-effective as possible. We needed to lower that break-even point. So we need a smaller square footage. We needed cheaper cost of goods. We needed less waste, all of which you get if you switch to a centralized production model. Now, there's a lot of challenges with that. You also have to have a, be a food manufacturing company and then a logistics company. And the initial investment is a lot larger than if you were just to kind of say, hey, go buy a franchise, you order your own ingredients, you hire your own employees, you mix it yourself, you do your own quality control, deal with your own waste. But we wanted to make it really simple to allow more people to be entrepreneurs that otherwise wouldn't have. That's a bold move. But you know, I think for the customer, it's going to be just as good of an experience, but specifically for the entrepreneur, the franchisee, a much more streamlined, potentially more profitable model for them. To be an entrepreneur, 
I think you need four things. You need a good game plan. You need money, you need time, and you need expertise. So the game plan is provided for you in the franchise model. The money investment to build one of these out compared to like a crumble were typically less than half of the cost because you don't need as big of a spot. You don't need your own mixers. You don't need that equipment. We're operating with less than half the employees because now you don't hire people to do inventory management for you. You don't hire people to mix the dough. You don't hire people to hand weigh the dough. And then the last one is the expertise. So I kind of admitted I'm not the cookie guy. I've actually never mixed a batch of cookies through dirty dough and neither will our franchisees. They'll never have to do that. Now to the customer, they get a more unique product. These three layer cookies don't exist anywhere else. You have to do a centralized production model with this particular machine to do it, but it gives them quality control and consistency done at a corporate level. I mean, baking is a science. When you scoop the flour, how do you make sure it doesn't have air bubbles, but you don't want to pack it either. There's a lot of different ins and outs that seem pretty simple, but when you're mixing a thousand cookies at a time, you know, it gets a little more complex. Well, we use a few highly trained bakers rather than teenagers. So it makes a big difference for the end user, the customer, and giving them a more consistent product. You're blowing my mind right now. I didn't understand any of this about Dirty Dough until now, but that's a huge competitive advantage. I don't think I ever have thought about whether the dough has been frozen before. I just care that it was recently cooked in the oven. You know what I mean? Like, so it could be frozen for a day on the truck coming to the franchisee. As long as it was cooked that day, it's a fresh cookie. Exactly. Domino's, people don't know that. All their dough comes frozen. But a lot of the companies do that. And I mean, we've done blind taste tests for six months. Not that any of the doughs ever frozen for six months. Nobody could tell the difference. Baking and freezing things before they're baked Uh, It just stores really, really well. So it allows us to have those competitive advantages, not to mention our cost of goods is much cheaper. We don't go through third-party distributors like Don or Cisco. We go directly to the flour manufacturer or the sugar manufacturer. You get a 10 plus percent discount. Then when you go from ordering a 50 pound bag of flour, sugar to a truckload, you get another 10 plus percent. So we get massive discounts up front because we pool in all of the purchasing into it one area. And then again, we mix a thousand cookies at a time rather than 60. Then we run it through a machine rather than hand weigh it. So my biggest concern with starting a company and selling a franchise to somebody is what if they're not successful, right? Like how do we make sure that they're successful? It's all about lowering that break-even point as low as possible. That way you don't have to depend on super high sales to stay profitable because we all know there's ups and downs. And I think we're in a cookie fad right now. I think the sales that we have right now are beyond amazing and it's not going to last. So have we built a model that is profitable through recessions? And that's when I looked at Mrs. Fields, Great American Cookie. Both of those companies started in 77. So 45 years ago, they both have multiple hundred locations open still. And how do they do it? Small square footage, low waste, low break-even points because they use centralized production. So that's what we're doing. But we're trying to do it with a twist and have a gourmet cookie, multi-flavored, baked fresh every hour, delivered fresh to your door, and kind of combine those two models. Man, I thought we were coming on just to hear about a crumble competitor, but this is <laughs> this is like a new revolution as far as this business model. That's awesome. Yeah. You said you weren't an expert, but I'm sitting here feeling like I'm talking to an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an expert maybe at finding the right people, but that's about it. Talk to me a little bit about the journey as far as transitioning out of solar into this industry. Was there things that you did in solar that were super helpful? 
that carried over or is it just a lot of grit and determination and just figuring stuff out? I consider myself a professional salesperson and professional sales versus normal sales, right? I'm not going to push something on you. I'm going to find out your needs and then I'm going to resolve your needs. And that's what you do in a business. What are the pain points? What are the needs? And then how do we work to resolve those in a win-win situation? So jumping into solar, I teamed up with my brother. We started the company and day one, we did this stupid activity. We built out an org chart, a large org chart of what we thought the business was going to look like in a few years. And me and Brent, my brother, put our heads in each one of those. I was a salesperson, the sales manager, the VP of sales, the CFO, and he was the marketing. And then we went to work on replacing ourselves as quickly as possible. And it took us about a year is all it took to have all of those positions filled where me and my brother weren't really doing anything. And that's what allowed me to have the time open to purchase Dirty Dough and start working on that. And then I did the same thing with Dirty Dough. So fast forward, I'm not the CEO. I'm not the marketing person. I'm not the salesperson. I'm not the finance person. I have all of those roles filled. That way I can work on the business rather than in the business. That's true. And there's a lot that goes into that. Some people get on here, oh, if I just hire a lot of people, then things will work out, right? But there's a lot of time and effort that goes into what you described. And there's a little bit more to dirty dough than just selling cookies. There's kind of a mental health aspect behind this. It all started, I listened to a podcast and the scariest graph I've ever seen just pops up. And it was the hospital admissions due to self-harm in young girls. It's like five to 11 they're 189% more likely than they were five years previous. And this graph was showing 2010 to 2015 to go to the hospital, you know, 189% more likely. And it's like, boom, what do you do with that as a dad, right? I had no idea. I listened to this podcast at a two-year-old and a newborn daughter. The next year, a 12-year-old family member of mine had a suicide attempt. We are living in a different world. And a lot of that is attributed to the social media aspect of, I see your life and I think your life is perfect because I'm just seeing the highlight reel on Instagram. So we want to fight against that and say, life is dirty, life is messy, but that's okay. It can be enjoyed like that, right? It's the ups and downs of life that's beautiful. But man, we only see other people's ups and then we think our life should only consist of the ups. And then we get anxiety and depression because of that unfair comparison. So the mission statement is to find joy and fulfillment despite life's dirtiness in ourselves and others. So find joy, let's be happy. Fulfillment, let's be fulfilled, which is typically contributing to something bigger than ourselves. Despite life's dirtiness, don't wait for life to be perfect, to feel fulfilled and happy. And as entrepreneurs, man, don't we do that all the time? Once I hit XYZ in revenue, then I'm going to take a vacation. Then I'm going to be with my family. Then I'm going to be happy. Once I sell the business, then I'm going to be happy, right? And we always put these goals. It's like, well, no, despite the dirtiness that's going on, we can be happy and fulfilled right now. So nothing to do with cookies. Again, cookies is just a good model and a profitable, fun product that we've chosen to carry out this mission. When you look at these other cookie companies... Like Crumble is the Instagram cookie, right? It looks amazing and they do a great job about it. So it's like, well, we're going to go the opposite because not that Crumble cookie is causing any harm, right? Uh, to the mental health. I'm not saying that. But our messaging is the inside matters most. With that, we want to start educating youth. So K through 12 schools by building wellness centers, converting old classrooms to wellness centers. So people can be proactive with their mental health. 
rather than, hey, let's wait till we get an anxiety and depression and then maybe contemplate seeing a therapist. It's like, well, how about you start now? Like, how about you start with breathing exercises now? How about you learn how to be present now through guided meditation, through happiness mindset? So that's the goal and the mission of Dirty Dough. And we're starting with educating kids and K through 12 schools. Very cool. Very impressive. I think a lot of businesses could learn from that example of having a higher purpose and doing good in the world. You know, honestly, I look at these soda shops, these cookie shops, and I'm like, okay, they're filling the world with sugar. They're making our blood sugar just like climb and descend like crazy. But, you know, I love this idea that you're actually doing something that actually is improving society and especially the youth, the young people who need that strength and that uh, perspective in their life. I can't imagine a, a more worthy purpose behind this business. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, I mean, that's, that's the primary focus. We pay for a service for all of our employees and the employees of our franchisees that they can go and learn about what therapy is before taking the step. They can get online therapy sessions or yoga sessions online or meditation or fitness or even finance. But it's how do we get these teenagers that are coming in working at our store that are going to be with us for a year or two, hopefully? How do we change their mindset towards mental health? towards happiness, towards fulfillment. So when they leave us to go get their next job, they're in a better spot than we found them. If we want to be happy and we want to be fulfilled, it's your mental health that you need to focus on, in my opinion. I agree 100%. Absolutely. So has business just continued to grow over the year, a couple of years that you've been doing this? I mean, you're, you're starting the franchise now, is that right? Yeah. So last July, I think it's like, hey, let's test out this concept. Then we got an advisory board. John Richards is our senior advisor, probably the number one angel investor in Utah as well. He was the director of the BYU Entrepreneurship Program. They were top five in the nation. Like He had a company called Infospace, which he took public. At its peak, it was like 30 billion plus. So he brought on him. Then he brought on Steve Hart, who owns Property Management Inc. as an advisory, largest property management franchise in the nation. Then we brought on Eric Van Horn as an advisor as well. He owns the largest franchise or mastermind group, franchisee mastermind group, largest franchise podcast. Like He's the expert in the field. In December is when he franchised. And that's also when I brought on Jill Summer Hayes. She started Maui Wowie Smoothies and Coffee in 83, ran it for 35 or 36 years, whatever it was, grew it to just under 700 locations and then sold it. And then took another brand from zero to 90 in a few years. So she's been in franchising for 39 years. So I'm like, well, she's a lot better than me for sure. So let's throw her in the helm. She's the CEO who brought her on in December and just started selling franchises, picked up some other very key members of the team, including our guy who does food production for another company, zero to 70 million in two years. Then we brought on a logistics guy. He just sold his logistics company. He did 50 million in logistics last year. So it's always, how do we hire to where we want to be rather than where we're at? And then to provide the best service for these franchisees. So just building the team. Today, we're opening up our fourth location. Tomorrow, we're opening up our fifth location. So we're still pretty new, but we've sold 130 franchises since December. So we have quite a few more to open under this model and it's really gaining steam. And people are seeing that it's a, it's a really simple model, probably the most simple food franchise model that exists. Very low costing with a really good team behind it. And I cause that these people support, right? So the purpose really aligns our beliefs with the franchisees beliefs because 
When you go to apply for a franchise, you see that mission statement. You see our core values. It's like, this is what we're about. Do you want to be a part of it? I don't want to deal with you if you're just after the money. We talk to people all the time that are chasing money. And as soon as they come across difficulty, they're out, right? Because yeah. it's like the money didn't come quick and it wasn't easy. So there's no stick to It's impressive that you guys are taking that same model and saying, hey, that we're going after something more and there may be some money involved. That's what will make you successful. So. Yeah, that's a more resilient formula for sure. So it, some people can listen to this or some people can look across the street and see dirty does like, oh, they're just growing. Everything's roses and easy. But I, I know it hasn't always been easy. I know you've, you've had a, a few challenges. You're currently, maybe I should say, involved in a lawsuit with Crumble. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. I mean, we got sued by a billion dollar company when we had one store. Legitimately, their issue is we use a rectangular box. I've spoken with them. They don't want us to use a rectangular box to put four cookies in. The only reason we use a rectangular box is for functionality. 25% of our business goes out in a freaking car and an Uber Eats driver, right? How do you prevent shuffling around? Well, you separate them by using a rectangular box. Then the word on the street is if you switch to a square box you're going to get a demand letter from Chip. There's no winning here. Scroll through our lawsuit. You're going to see our cookie with sprinkles and their cookie with sprinkles side by side. Pull two cookies that are large gourmet cookies and find two cookies that are more different than a dirty dough cookie and a crumble cookie. And you can't because crumble doesn't do fillings almost ever. And they do half inch frostings on most of their cookie. Dirty dough never does frosting. We only do fillings. We do two layers and three layer cookies, which Crumble doesn't do. I mean, you can't find a more different cookie. They're painting this picture like, man, we're just copying all their cookies. Go check the timestamps. We posted the Twix cookie before you ever had a Twix cookie. We posted the sprinkle cookie before you ever had a sprinkle cookie. We posted our ice cream before. And anybody with a cell phone and social media can go verify it. So I think it's very frivolous. The other issue they have is you can't rotate your cookies every week. Isn't that what every bakery does is they switch it up like every donut shop, some ridiculous stuff. But so yeah, definitely a challenge. Definitely very scary. Even though you think that the lawsuit's frivolous, it's like, well, we still need a hundred grand. We still need 200 grand to fight this just to prove that their lawsuit has no merit. And that's scary when you have one store. It's scary when you have three stores or four stores. So we're trying to you know, navigate it as best as we can. And luckily the public is on our side because they see that it's frivolous. Oh, good for you. That's admirable. Very smart. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story with us today, Bennett. We really have enjoyed it. We'd like to end by asking you our final question. What is it that keeps you going every day? It makes me feel good if I'm helping other people. Let's just open up the 130 franchises that we've already sold. That's thousands of jobs that we can offer. That's thousands of employees that we're going to offer mental health benefits to. Then the goal is to open up one wellness room per franchise that we open. So that's tens of thousands of kids that we're going to be providing education to in in K through 12. So that's definitely what gets me excited. And it's fun. I mean, cookies are fun. It's a fun industry to be in. Other than when you're getting sued, it's usually fun. I know the owner of a lot of other cookie companies, Hello Sugar had their grand opening yesterday and they do little donuts. Such a cool brand. And it's really fun to see and encourage each other to grow and offer like, hey, this is how I get reviews. How do you do this? And we're all trying to build each other up. Very cool. Well, we're impressed by what you're doing and we're excited to see where you guys take this. So good luck with everything. Appreciate it. Thank you. 
Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com.